Welcome to episode 59 of the Left Behind Game Club. On today's episode, we play through Respawn Entertainment's Titanfall 2. If you'd like to join the community, you can go to leftbehindgame.club and see all of our past episodes, or join our Discord server, where there are people talking about games, deals, and the latest news. On today's episode, we revisit the time-old classic question. Does Mo know how to read? What the overall objective is didn't make a whole lot of sense to me and wasn't super compelling. And I just wish the story was more gripping earlier on. It might have been because like it's the story stopped and like you had to wait for a loading screen. It, you had to read the the captain's oh, log. Reading. Which was Mo, did you read? Terrible. You, you know the answer. No, yeah, of course so not. Mo doesn't read. I got Mo's it. illiterate. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to another episode of the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I am your host, Mr. Michael Ruffalo. Today, I've got a full table of friends. Friend number one, the man, the myth, the legend, a tribe called Kev himself, Mr. Kevin Rayburn. Hi, thanks for having me. Friend number two, the gun nut, you know him, you love him, Mr. Muhammad Murtadi. So excited. Couldn't wait to play this game, guys. Let's get it. And the part-time gamer himself, Mr. Bobby Baird. Love that. Big fan of the show. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, show, man. Absolutely, Bobby. I'm really excited to have you on. Today's episode, we're covering Titanfall 2, a 2016 release from Respawn Entertainment, uh, which I think now has gotten a a little bit more attention now that Apex has dropped and and everyone seems to be playing the the hottest new Battle Royale. Um, Boys, what has been your experience with Titanfall and the, the series as a whole in Titanfall 2? Had you played it before today's podcast? Um, well, I heard about it because it was like one of those big blockbuster titles. You get to drive giant mechs. The commercials look super sweet. I'm pretty sure I played the original, but correct me if I'm wrong, there was no campaign mode, and that was kind of like a, a shock. Titanfall 2 came out. I must have played maybe 10, 15 minutes of it way back in 2016. Haven't touched it since. And to be honest, had no idea it had anything to do with Apex Legends. I just <laughs> I just never did until I started picking up weapons and recognized them as being the same ones as the other games. So Mozambique over here. Exactly, exactly. I, just, I didn't know much about it um, except for it was a cool game where you get to shoot things and drive mechs. That's pretty much it on my end. Mike? So, you know, I played Titanfall 1. I played a bit of it. Didn't love it. I was super hyped up when they announced it and they had all the trailers and and demos and stuff. And I thought the wall running was super cool. I thought the Titans looked great. I just didn't love the experience of playing it. Um, So when Titanfall 2 came came out, I hopped into the the campaign and I played a couple hours and I kind of just fell off. Um, And in fact, when I started playing for the podcast... Um, I just picked up from my save, which I realized was about a quarter of the way through the game. Um, Bobby, what about you? So, yeah, I had... I So, Titanfall, when it came out, I, rem- I remember seeing the trailers, and I was like, oh, ish, it's like Gundam. Can I, can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you can bleep me. Yeah. But I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I never played it. And then I uh, didn't really <laughs> touch... I knew that the second one, it was the same studio that was doing Apex, so I'd kind of come over from Apex before... Um, but played played the whole campaign this weekend and then played a little bit of the multiplayer. I'm really impressed. It's a little gem. It's a little totally. gem. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I feel like I don't know what it was that made people like fall off from it. We had similar t- experiences, I guess. Kev, what did you know about that game? Yeah, I had no clue. Much like all the other games uh, that we've played on the podcast before or that I've played on the podcast before, <laughs> I had no clue about it beforehand, uh, except for in EA Access, I saw it. Uh, when I was downloading all my sports games and, uh, I was like, Oh, this is a game. I'll download it. And then I, it just downloaded and sat there. So, so Kev, you played it on the Xbox one. Yes. I played it on the Xbox one. I played it on the Xbox one. Bobby. I played it on my Xbox one. And, and Mo, make it a quadfecta. No, I, I stayed loyal to the PC master race. (laughs) I played it on a, yeah, on my PC, on my machine, keyboard and mouse style. All right. As a shooter is supposed to be played. I think so, but I don't have an Xbox One, I guess, so I couldn't join that club. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think I'm. there's one thing I kind of feel like I might have missed out on was probably like the DualShock vibration experience in the controller. 
I don't know how much of that was in your game, but because I was mouse and keyboard, everything was all audio based and like visual. So I didn't get that like third dimension uh, of interactivity. I mean, I, I don't quite remember any moments that stood out with a lot of rumble and, and vibration, despite there being, you know, massive explosion scenes as, as I'm sure we'll all get to. Um, but I think one of the good things about rumble is that you don't know that it's there. Yeah. Kind of like a great score or you know amazing visuals it, it it just blends in into the overall experience how often did you die mike i died a lot okay well i felt the rumble and you feel it stop <laughs> <laughs> when you die uh, that's you, what, what what difficulty did you guys play it on uh, i jumped in on regular i think when you do the first little trial run through it, it gave me the suggestion it was like yeah you were good enough to be a regular player so that's what I kind of kept it at. Um, I was kind of nervous because I usually like playing games on easy to just pow down, like mow down bad guys. But I kept it on there and no I thought it was intended. okay. Yeah, I think I died maybe, maybe two or three times, and all of them were in boss fights. They weren't like in regular shooting situations. Right. I played the right. secret dif- difficulty, the Apex Legend what? difficulty. <laughs> I don't know you if kidding? you knew that. No, no, no. no. I'm just, totally kidding. Uh, okay. Oh. Just, I did play okay, on regular totally as well. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> your. If I'm playing a campaign, like. You know, okay, maybe second run through, I'll play it to be challenged. But, like, if it's a campaign, I'm there for the story experience. I'm there to like, watch a movie. You uh, know, I'll hop into multiplayer for a real challenge. I totally agree. Uh, for me, regular or normal mode is the way the game is designed to be played. And anything easier is for people who are not comfortable with those style of games. And anything harder is for people who are going for an extra challenge. So, you know, I expect regular to be the way the game is designed to be played and, and how it's supposed to be judged. Yeah, same same here. I played it on normal because it was suggested to me. Um, I wish I uh, actually I don't wish that I could have played Apex uh, a difficulty because that's just dropping at Skull Town, not finding a weapon and dying within two seconds. <laughs> I see. I, find, I feel like that's dropping at Thunderdome. Where oh, the only yes. thing you'll find are Phoenix kits and, and, and armor. And a Mozambique, uh, and baby. Yeah, <laughs> Mozambique over here. <laughs> um, okay, boys. So let's hop into it. What what is Titanfall Two? Um, I can quickly give a little Reader's Digest version. It's essentially a military-style shooter, first-person shooter game where you immediately play as a uh, rifleman, I guess, and you come to understand that they're in this like army group. There's classes of people called pilots. These are people who are qualified to operate giant walking mechs. These walking mechs are essentially tanks or Gundam, as uh, Bobby mentioned perfectly, <laughs> um, and you're fighting a battle against what would you say just another faction that's similar to you yeah, is more or less and halo style just throwing yeah. a bunch of words in that's pretty much what it is i kind of <laughs> thought of them as like an evil corporation although that honestly if i had to do one complaint about the game um i i pretty much loved all the gameplay experience but going to the story i didn't really feel too like drawn into like the heroes and the villains it was just very top level like oh there's this evil company and they want to build a weapon and we don't really know what the weapon does but we got to stop it 100 percent. it's like i felt the exact same way i didn't really know really what was going on but what i kind of liked about the story was that bond with bt20 whatever the the gundam that you finally get assigned with the story between you two and just getting to the mission and solving the mission had no idea what the mission was at the end but I knew, like, you know, me and my buddy here, we're going to beat down every other Gundam we see and kind of just keep moving forward, finishing objectives. So what I found was at the beginning of the game, the story was not very clear and it was not compelling at all. Um, But as the game progressed, I was more and more invested in the relationship with BT and, and, and making sure we got to the finish line. And frankly, if you ask me to explain the relationship between the different characters that are giving you commands and fighting, you, fighting with you at the end, like all I know is the people that you're fighting with most of the time are mercenaries. And the, the people that are giving you commands are higher ranking officers in the military. But what the overall objective is and, and why and why you're flipping in and out of different time streams didn't make a whole lot of sense to me and wasn't super compelling and i just wish the story was more gripping earlier on so you know the the story as a whole made sense by the time i got to the end yeah like um it might have been because like it's the story stopped 
and like you had to wait for a loading screen. It you had to read the the captain's oh, log. Reading. Which was Mo, did you read? Terrible. You, you know the answer. No, yeah, of course so Mo not. doesn't read. I got, Mo's illiterate. Yeah. yeah, I got the gist of the story. I don't know the details, and um, I know how to pronounce the names <laughs> because I read them differently. And then I was like, okay, whatever. But Typhon is like a, a planet, maybe. Okay. Okay. Is it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't pay that, attention. That was like a main thing. It was a main yeah. place or something. Yeah. So, you know, giving me a, if I were to give a, a quick summary of the story, very early on, the, the pilot of uh, this mech, uh, BT, dies and he quickly forms a neural link with you. And... Um, Throughout the game, you're you're increasing your proficiency and effectiveness of of working with him, um, to the point in which, um, I mean, I I, I don't want to. I, I, we're we're at spoiler territory, boys, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Just yeah. just a forewarning for anyone listening to this: the story of Titanfall Two, full of spoilers, um, up until the point where your mech dies, and then you Ish. bring him back because you're able to save his AI core. Um, and then you get to the end of the game when he dies again, and after all the credits, the helmet flashes, and you realize BT's still alive in your helmet. Oh, man. Yeah, we kind of rushed all the way through it, but essentially, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, the the connection with BT is like the core of the game, and I think that's what they wanted to emphasize, because in the multiplayer, you get to call in these mechs. You get to call in all these big walkers at the end of the day, so they want to kind of build that relationship. The coolest thing I loved about them is... You can when you're fighting inside of the the Gundam, I'll call it for now. Um, when you jump out of it, the AI takes control of the body and like fights for you too. It's like its own autonomous turret yeah, yeah. robot that's just speeding up everything. You could run back into it. And my actually my favorite thing in the game is just the transition sequence when you get picked up and put into the walker or you disembark. Every time it yeah. seemed a little unique and it was just like it felt real. You get it's like you're getting picked up by a giant thing and thrown in its chest mm-hmm. and it's like Optimus Prime, roll out. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and and they can uh so they're they're operating by themselves when you're out and they can just toss you. Just oh, you need to go over that uh, giant gap there. Well, jump onto my hand, my hand. <laughs> yeah, and I'll just chuck you, friendly giant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, even in the multiplayer, um, if you guys got to dive into that, it seems like even the Titans or the Gundams have personalities uh, in their really? little voice lines. Yeah, it's very discreet. You know, you kind of have to play that. I've always been a big believer in play the campaign, appreciate the multiplayer. <laughs> Many of my friends will disagree with me on that premise and skip <laughs> entirely over all of the work of the campaign. But yeah, if you like look out for those little things and you appreciate it. So I, I didn't touch the multiplayer at all. Bobby, it sounds like you did. Mo, Kevin, did you play the multiplayer? Yeah, I, th- I jumped in maybe like half a dozen games. Because I remember playing it before and I thought it was pretty cool because you can call in the the Titans to come like get drop ship, Kind of like when you call in... Uh, uh, what's it called? A drop Supply ship. drop. Yeah, exact same concept. It flies from the sky, it lands, and then you're able to jump in it instead of get some items for like Apex. Um, so I played a Come couple. Come and get your birthday present. <laughs> this podcast's going to be filled with Apex uh, audio clips, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I hope so. It's, it's going to be hard not to. Yeah. And that's the one um, thing. Yeah. No, I, I had no idea I had the connection of the two. Yeah. The, the other great thing about calling in the Titan that I learned the hard way is um, I called in my Titan. And then I immediately was trampled by another Titan. Oh! But I got to get into my Titan and still use it. So they still let nice. you have that. Oh, so you they know, let you spawn back in it. Yeah, that's they don't let you do that in Battle Royale games anymore. You just, you're done. <laughs> yeah, it's one life and that's it. Well, And then you rage at having bad teammates. Hey, why are you looking at me? I, I, I don't know. It's uh, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> uh, the one thing I noticed with the multiplayer, I think... I think it had different um, loadouts for the Titans. What what did you guys kind of like, by the time, let's say halfway through the game, what was your main loadout that you rocked with and took out everyone with? Um, I'll, anyone can start, I guess. So I'm, I'm going to hop in here because I think this is a really good launching off point to talk about the similarities between the weapons in Apex and in Titanfall 2. Mm-hmm. And for obvious reasons, it's based in the same universe. It's, you know, the, the same franchise for all intents and purposes. Um, one of the things that I found really odd, and I don't know why I was expecting this, but the guns in Apex that are useless, like the P2020 and the Mozambique, um, 
or and even the flat line are actually quite decent in Titanfall 2. Um, because I think they just get to balance it for a swarm of enemies coming at you and not, um, you know, another character running towards you. So you know, my go-to loadout was almost always a Spitfire, if I could get it, and then a Mastiff shotgun. Those my my two favorites back-to-back. Yeah, 100%. This, the Spitfire for me and then anything else I could get. If there was a Mastiff, I was dropping any weapon for it. Because <laughs> it, it would just blow people, like, off the platform. Like it, it was quite a powerful gun, so that's why that's As why I went Spitfire and then uh, Mastiff, and then eventually I ran out of bullets, so right. that I picked up whatever terrible gun <laughs> these robots or, or people were. Yeah, carrying. actually, you know, the Mozambique was not bad in this game, so I actually played around with it a bit. I what? didn't even find one. Um, I I when I discovered that Mastiff. I was so excited because, like you guys said, it blew everyone away. I think it had like six or seven or eight rounds like before you had to like reload all of them all back up again. So I used that. My second weapon, I never really cared as long as I had the Mastiff. I usually tried to keep <laughs> some kind of assault rifle. It might have been a Spitfire. It might have been a Flatline. It might have been anything. I just needed like a, something to switch to right away if I had to clear a certain room. Um, and usually I try to keep those special, like there's an energy weapon. I think it was like a havoc, but it shot like energy balls. Like when you shot someone, they blew up disintegrated style. The LSK or something like that. Yeah. And I shot grenades all day. LMG. Whenever, just cause they were so plentiful. You always had grenades. I, no matter what, I'm just firing left and right. Infinite supplies of grenades of different types. And you know, it, it made me realize that there are a whole bunch of different types of grenades that they can start adding to apex. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, like, like that uh, electrical grenade that has the cloud of electricity and kind of just disables anything within it. I thought like that would be amazing yeah. to have an apex. The craziest yeah. thing is um, I'm when I found the Mastiff in Titanfall 2. So I don't play that much apex. I might play like a game a night maybe or like every other night I might play a couple games. So I when I discovered the Mastiff in Titanfall 2 and I realized holy crap all the games in Titanfall 2 are literally the ones in Apex. I discovered the Mastiff and I'm like man, I can't wait till they like release this in the actual Apex game. Next game I <laughs> next game I jump in, uh dropship comes down and literally a Mastiff there was there. I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, they must have just did it." And my buddy was like, "No, nah, man, it's been there for a while." Like, "Wake up, <laughs> wake up and pay attention." Like um, and then the game, though, apparently it's not that good because the reload time is like well, a couple seconds. But between each shot, it's not as like satisfying as in Titanfall when you're just plowing down people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, what were your favorite weapons? You know, I I'm I'm not too dissimilar in if at the by the end of the game I kind of figured out the Mastiff was good, so I was usually running with that, and then I'd I'd switch it up. Like I was trying all these different really? guns. Yeah. Same. The double take, which wasn't the triple take, was kind of fun. <laughs> the uh, There was an assault rifle, which I think you were describing. It was like the energy assault rifle, and it was usually carried by the enemies, like really Walkers. towards the end game. Was it called a Volt? Yeah, it that was, was the, the SMG type it was energy weapon. Yeah, yeah, um, it was an SMG, actually. It was really good. Okay. It was a fun little gun. Yeah, I definitely found it was useful at, at the end of the game. Um, but, you know, anytime you give me a Spitfire, I'm going to be happy. Uh, what about with, like, the actual Titans themselves? When you were playing as BT, you know how you can swap out? Did you guys swap out different loadouts different times, or did you just keep one specific loadout with the BT? God. So, so for, like, the 90% of the game, I just took the Expedition. Is that what it's called? So just like the the first one you get. Really? Really? Yeah. And I would change it every time I got a new... Why are you playing this game on hard mode, Kev? Because every time I, I got a new one, I'd switch it. I'd play with it for a little while, maybe die, and then I'd switch back until like the last kind of final battle. I was just shooting my gun. Instead of reloading, I would just pick another one. <laughs> <laughs> just go go for it until they got that... that, that very very last one and then i just rock that the rest of the time wow i wow. kind of dug that uh, dmr it was like the second one you got yes yes bobby kindred spirits here i love it the one where you shoot them three times and then you get a lock on and you press the bumper and it just shoots a barrage of, oh, of rockets at them it was perfect did that Absolutely. one do that much damage i might be it I, did okay it for did some reason I was, I was having trouble getting the lock on like to actually like connect because you know how whenever all the you gotta all, hit your shots kid yeah all the ai kind of shifts left and right depending on how you're like trying to take them down so like if you're shooting them with like the rocket barrage um loadout the one with that had the four rockets you can shoot every the rocket launcher yeah, yeah. yeah. the quad launcher so it's check like, this out there was a yeah. there's actually a combo 
that I did not discover until the final couple levels. Yeah. But that uh -huh. sensor beacon, if you shoot that out after you lock on to them, the rockets will follow them behind cover. Yes. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize at first what that sensor beacon was, and I was like, oh, this is to help make sure that they actually get hit. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. What sensor beacon? Yeah, me neither. Yeah, see, this so, is this is like us kind of I, – I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm like a League of Legends guy. So I like my uh -huh. combos and I like, oh, press this button, press this button. These guys sound like they're more like running gun, reflex. Yep. 100%, 100%, I'm yeah. seeing some nods. Yep, 100%. So Moe's definitely a running gunner. Kev's just a stumbling with his gun and trying not to hurt himself. Wow. <laughs> Look, I just call it like I see it, Kev. Okay. Okay. I mean, I did like the the combo of making yourself invisible, your 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 uh, pilot invisible, and then running up behind someone and just punching them. So I'm a I'm a run and puncher. <laughs> Yo, you're right. The punching was so good in this. Yeah, uh, it was it was really satisfying to wall run up to someone, land on their face with a foot, and then punch the guy standing right next to them. Oh, now, man. did you guys punch a bunch of random robots? Yes. Just standing I... around doing their jobs. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about the green all, robots, the ones that were not coming after you. All the Pathfinders. I was just like, screw you. That's you so killed me mean. too many times. So mean. So mean. No, I, I kind of left them alone more or less. My most satisfying thing, though, is walking with the Titan and not shooting the small guys, just walking on them and hearing the squish, 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 and like pummeling them that way. I never used bullets for them because I felt like it wasn't doing that much damage if they're shooting me with their little machine guns. How savage, Mo! You're not even worth the bullets that it would take. <laughs> no, I just—I literally, I literally dash towards them and like try to crush them. That's it. That's all I did. The, well, earlier on today, when I finished the game, there was a there. Was, I was in the Titan, and I just went up to one and punched it. And Caitlin was watching too, and it just went out in like a a, a puff of like red smoke. And Caitlin was like, "Whoa, jeez, <laughs> like that was aggressive." Punching a little guy like that. Yeah. I, so I think that brings up an interesting interesting um, element that we have not talked about at all yet, which is the wall running and the movement through this game, which I found it so rewarding. Uh, in Apex Legends, I play as a Wraith, so I love the mobility. Um, but something about being the pilot and running from wall to wall and being able to just kind of magnetize to any surface you touch felt so rewarding did it you're feel, just able to make so much distance so quickly did it feel kind of mirror's edge like 100 percent. that's the that's one of the f first things i got initially was mirror's edge running jumping running jumping and at first with me i didn't really like the wall running i was like okay when you do it initially i'm like okay it's probably a small part of that game let's just do it once and then move on to different types of challenges by the time we got to the end i was kind of like this is sweet let's keep doing it and i got really smooth with jumping jumping and jumping yeah, and I like that they put in a bunch of uh, challenges where there wasn't any enemies around so that you could perfect kind of the wall run um, aspect of the game. And, and, like, even after you learn about it, it's, like, four or five missions into it. There's still, like, things that you have to do with the wall run. Even at the end, when there's just things flying around and they just happen to... Yeah. <laughs> sit into place so that you can wall run right between I thought that was pretty cool yeah it, what I was not expecting was that this game was going to be as much of a platformer as it was um, you know there was avoiding traps there was avoiding um, hazards and obstacles and sliding under things and hopping over things and um, all while you know people are shooting at you I have not played Mirror's Edge but I, I know what it looks like to play it and now that you mention it, Bobby, it definitely strikes me as, you know, a very futuristic Call of Duty style uh, Mirror's Edge. Both EA. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. I didn't think about that. I think that another thing that another game that jumped out me was um, was Portal, specifically when we started doing the time shifting to jump through obstacles. That'd be like a laser beam. You have to like walk on the wall to kind of dodge it, shift time to go to another time period to get through. It was Really sweet. It was like a mix of a bunch of games put together, a bunch of different mechanics blended into one, but it still felt very Titanfall and not a ripoff of the other games. Did you guys like the um, the time mechanic? Yes. That was by far my favorite part of the game. By far. What did you love about it? It's just the... Well, first off, like you can switch and be around no one. Like If, if you were going to get like... <laughs> 
If you were going to die, you just switch the time period and you're just like, okay, sweet. I'm right. Like all I had to you're do You're Wraith was, and you go into the void. Exactly. And then like um, the little kind of puzzly things where like you're jumping inside like a fan and you have to switch between the fan and the laser when you're falling down or or a um, pit that's on fire exactly or what was the other one like you had to get into like elevators and then switch time and like the elevator doors were closed i th- I felt that whole sequence there like at the beginning of the mission i was just like oh, i don't want to do this but at the end i was just like can we do more of this yeah i was kind of in the same boat and i the exact same way as kev i, I looked at it as a way to escape uh bad fighting situation that i didn't want to let's say you you empty a clip into your bullets and you have to reload everything i would just shift to the other world to kind of reload everything and maybe just walk around try to escape as far as i can and just avoid fights more or less Uh, i didn't like those like dog lion like hybrid lizard (laughs) aliens yeah Yeah. so uh, to be honest i'll take down any grunt with a machine gun but as soon as i see those things i'm like ah get me out of here get me out of here (laughs) so that's kind of what i used it for and i was same with kev i I originally wasn't a huge fan of it but by the end i'm like this is pretty sweet just the way that you have to time a lot of stuff to get through different levels i i kind of was into it yeah and like uh once you switched uh time periods so i guess what it is is you you're switching time periods you're in the same spot right but all the other people uh, that were there are blue orbs in the new time period. So what I would do is I'd switch it, run up to a blue orb, switch it, punch them, switch it again. <laughs> oh, life hack, life hack. You're beating people up through time. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> See, I just found myself like, ah, I don't want to fight anyone. So I like, I thought that's what yeah. you were supposed to do. Like, oh, like I shouldn't kill any of like my teammates because... I'm going to mess up the space-time continuum or whatever. Uh, So that's really interesting because I think at the end of the the time-switching segment, um, BT says something you've done in the other time uh, timeline has has triggered the security robots. Uh, Or at least that's what happened to me because I killed and attacked everything. Um, did, did that also happen to you, Bobby, or is that dependent on whether you, you killed people and attacked them? You know, it'd be interesting to go back and try that. Cause I got to the point where it was just too difficult not to kill the guys from the past because those lizards, man, they are so any- right. tough to yeah. kill. Yeah. I didn't want any part not of Not if lizards. you have a Mastiff though. There you Wait, go. one sec. Something that you said, Bobby, they were our teammates. Yeah. Like they were on our side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think so, right? Uh, so they were I, I humans. Think... They were humans. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they they are humans, but I think they are the same type of human that you are fighting at the end point in the game, uh, when they were trying to create that arc reactor ball thing that like cuts time in half. Oh. I think. I they again, like this is the problem with the story. Like no one has any like real clarity, and I, I don't mean to say no one, but I mean like all four of us played through this whole game, and I don't think any of us have like really strong confidence in what happens in that story, other than BT picks you up a couple times and throws you across a big gap, yeah, and uh, and then you feel sad when BT explodes. Also, so, a big qualm for me is they make you watch this long credit scene, and they're like. Remember this guy? Remember this guy? Remember this? And I'm like, no, I I don't. This guy, like, like, what's going on here? Like, this wasn't, I'm sorry, like, I'm sure y'all worked really hard, but, uh, you know? I think the totally. I think the only people I was excited or I remembered when I saw them for a second time were a couple of the bosses. The one was Ash, the one that had like the robot ceramic face. That one, yeah. it's like when you hear her voice and she's very robotic and methodical. I was like, okay, this is going to be a cool person to see. The other one was, I think his name was Venom. He was the flying Gundam that was on top of the yeah. spaceship. That was another guy. Where I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty cool. Besides that, you're right. There weren't too many memorable characters besides BT and yourself. Well, the one, the one bad guy that I remember is uh, what was I don't even remember his name, so I shouldn't say I remember. But he had the thickest Arnold accent, and I just like you mean so that so laugh South African. So, accent. No, 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 no. No, yeah, there was like sure there was Richter. Is that who you are talking about, <laughs> Richter? Yeah, I think so. I heard yeah. Richter, and I was thinking about like Call of Duty Zombies. I was like, oh, it's this guy again. <laughs> But we we didn't. I don't think we, we you fought him at all. 
Or at least I don't uh, remember. Well, he says at the end when he's looking down at your body or looking down at the Titan. No, and, that's the South African guy. Yeah, the South African no, guy. No, 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 no. Oh, There's you're talking about guys. someone else. That, I'm talking about like a sniper, German guy. like hunter guy. He was one gotcha. of the, he played the same loadout as us, Mike. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know. I he just got lost in the game. I guess another thing to tell us about the story of this and how little uh we paid attention, is the IMC good or bad? I think the IMC's good. It's like the International we're, Marine the Force IMC? or something. Yeah, I think we're, we're IMC. Okay. It's so funny but, how no one knows. We had four people playing the story <laughs> and we're all like, Who is the IMC? When when do we like? When does the Halo guy come out? Where's Master Chief in this game? Like we're just we're all lost. Yeah. Although to be fair, like I feel like Master Chief in this game, especially when they give me that smart auto pistol where all you have to do is like pull the trigger and it and the bullets like oh my bend, God. like wanted. That was right the one people skulls. That was the one I want in Apex. I'm like this has to be a drop down. <laughs> like as soon as like there's maybe like two Legendary people. Pistol. Yeah, if there's like two squads left, all those guns just spawn everywhere, and then it's like first one to get it wins or something. <laughs> That's what they. That's how they should update the P twenty twenty. Yeah, that'd be interesting if P twenty twenty could shoot around walls. Like it takes you a half second to lock on to someone. Yeah, it's like if you find uh, gold helmet, gold armor, and the P twenty twenty, then bam, you get that automatic like lock in. Yeah. Did it feel like Halo to you guys a little bit? Well, I think Mo earlier had mentioned Halo as a comparison point. Um, I I would have drawn a little bit closer to call of duty especially um the call of duty that they had uh wall running which i think maybe i'm just biased because i know the developers came from a call of duty background but um i i think the only halo elements for me w- was that it's in space and you know you're you're fighting larger than life uh enemies yeah that's pretty much where i came from is was that so i'm not a huge halo player i grew up in the playstation world so i never really played that much halo um, so that's why I, I go to it because I feel like Halo is the space first-person shooter. You're kind of fighting these larger-than-life characters, like Mike was saying. So that's that's kind of the only reason I mentioned it is the space aspect. Yeah. Bobby, do you find a, a comparison to Halo? See, there? I, I wanted it. This is probably like the story-wise, and it was like I and I actually didn't play Space Call of Duty, but I, I found <laughs> like looking at all these like Marines and all the guys on your team, and like I wanted those Halo dialogue. And I wanted, like, a Sergeant Johnson, you know, a Sergeant Johnson character somewhere. But I just never found that. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, you never fight any aliens throughout the whole game. Which is, I guess, I guess you could kind of describe those dog-lion hybrid things as, as aliens. But they're never really a persistent, intelligent force that's coming after you. Yeah. Um, so for me, that kind of separates it from Halo in a way. Yeah. yeah, and uh, uh, so those dog, lion, lizard things kind of remind me of, uh, have you guys seen, what's the one with the upside down? Uh, Stranger, Stranger, Stranger Things. Thing. And then isn't the, the bad guy in the first one called the Draconis? The Demogorgon? Oh, Demogorgon. Oh, so Never close, mind. So Where close. have I heard Dr- Draconis before? Uh, I, I think like you're a Harry Potter. Yeah, guy. that's the thing what I'm oh. thinking of. Oh, really? Yeah, I think you're a Harry Potter nerd that, oh. that doesn't know Harry Potter stuff. <laughs> I think I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll have to to do some research. Yeah. Um. So you know, we we've talked a lot about the story and how it's kind of you know doesn't go anywhere for a while. Um. But there definitely were some boss battles that that stood out. What bas- What boss battles did you guys like throughout the game? Were any that stood out to you? Um. I think mine was that Venom guy. He's the first time you saw like a flying Titan. And I guess to kind of set it up for anyone that hasn't played, you're on top of this giant f- ship flying in on a planet, and um, you're walking on top of it, and there's this giant titan that zips past you and is about to like take you down. He kind of reminded me of he's a Batman villain. Is it Firefly? Um, does that ring a bell to anyone? He's a mm. if it doesn't, I'm pretty sure. I don't name, know. Pretty sure his name was Firefly. He's a pyromancer, like fire guy that kind of shoots at you. That one I love just because of the mechanic of you have to find some way to lock him on. So I used the weapon you guys liked, the the second one, the tag him three times and everything homed and yes. took him down. 
Cause Such a good weapon. Yeah, that's the only thing you can kind of use to kind of pin him down because he's very mobile. He's very agile. If you shoot him with anything slow, he just shifts past it. And he also summons other titans that come after you to fight. So that was my favorite one. Bobby, did you have any that stood out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about the... It was like the second or third one where she has like the giant arena and basically she like has like the other troops in there and they're like, what the heck is going on? And you're like, all right, <laughs> we got to we got to pop in here and take her out. But I, I just yeah. thought the whole environment of that, it almost felt kind of nuketowny of running yes. around this fake world and fighting everything. Especially because everything that leads uh, that for me is the one that stands out as well, and everything that leads up to that boss battle is you being a character that's parkouring and shooting enemies in this giant like house and, and like city fabricator, um, and, and it's only at the end does all of the parts of the the places that are being built around you come together and create a map. Um, and I thought that was a really cool touch that that's the arena that you're fighting the boss in. Yeah, it was super cool, and uh, it it made me realize how much I hated those crawling up, uh, like, blowing up things, those little spiders. Uh, the little crawlers, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, because I was like, oh, this is easy, because all I need to do is hide in a house. This little titan can't get me, and then next thing I know, like, eight of these spider things just come around me. I'm dead. I honestly uh, found her the hardest boss in the game. Because the rest of the boss oh, yeah. fights, I, I just kind of like went through them. Like I was like, eh, you guys aren't that hard. See, I, I found that I died a lot in one of those uh, near the end of the game when you're sieging that uh, that final final area where there are just titans everywhere, and you can't quite focus on one. You kind of just have to attack all of them. Um, that's where I ended up finding out that I was dying a lot. It, it almost didn't matter what weapon I used. With that one, I think my tactic was using the railgun and just zooming in from far, like a sniper version, letting yeah, it charge that's when up. you get the railgun, right? Yeah, you get to charge up, and it, it was almost like a two-shot on some of the titans um, if you got a nice, clean shot that didn't dodge. My issue was actually the final boss. I think it's Lorne or something. Um, I might be messing up the name. It was the one that shot that giant heat wave beam at you, and if you're in its line of sights, you were gone in like four or five seconds. Oh, right. That was a tough one. Yeah, that one I that was. Tough. I think my eventually what I kind of figured out what I would do is there's one loadout. I want to say it's the shotgun one, but it, it has like a knockback ability. So when you shoot anything, it like it pushes it back. So I found like whenever she was like using some kind of shield or was about to charge something up, I'd knock her to stun her and then I would like shoot her with the shotgun to empty. Because I found the shotgun loadout did a lot of damage just like the the one gun we used when you're in pilot mode, I guess. Was that the one that disappeared every time you got like a quarter of its health down? Um, um, yes, I think that was. Yeah, that one. She was super, very super annoying. Every yeah. time you, you got close to finishing. You guys mentioned those little walker things, the exploding spider bomb things. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. early on when it was like you have to survive until like help comes? And that's when you first see them and they're just crawling everywhere. I, my, yeah. my heart was racing I, the entire time, and I didn't know how to kill them because there's so many. So all I did was I wall ran the entire time until BT was able to help me and, like, shoot them down. <laughs> yeah. It was a good – I'm not kidding. A good two or three minutes of just wall riding, jumping randomly, falling, getting hit, like, once or twice, going red, jumping again, yeah. going invisible. Like, it was – I wasn't shooting anything. I was being such a coward, but I survived and I won the game. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I did. I found this little little corner where I could wall ride, jump, and then wall ride back, and just kind of <laughs> continuously wall ride, and then jump down and, and shoot a few things, and then wall ride again or wall run, whatever it's called. So, okay, we, we've talked about some of our favorite boss battles. Let's talk about favorite moments because there are definitely some very memorable moments. And you know, I just want to start off with the one that is still with me that I'm still trying to piece together, which is when I believe his name is Kuban Blisk, the South African mercenary. When uh, he chooses not to finish you off, he drops an apex card or banner or, or poster. It was just like, on it was like a regular the, the card, screen. right? Yeah. I, well, I, I think like life sized, it would have been like a bounty poster. Okay. But I, I just, I honestly don't know. Um, Bobby, I know we were talking a bit about this. Do you do you have any context for that one? Was that was that a moment that stood out? Oh, for sure. Because I so for me when I came to this game, I had come from Apex first, so I was like, oh, 
mercenaries, Apex Legends, and you know, it would be interesting to see that as a- as Apex develops, if some of these bosses, fingers crossed, actually become <laughs> Apex Legends. Right, because they are legendary, right? They certainly are. What are the chances that we get Titans in Apex Legends? As zero. Like, zero? I think zero. It's like Thanos in Fortnite. Was that fun? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. limited time mode, Mo. Maybe. Limited time. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you guys remember when you first started Apex. It might be a while uh, ago. But there was a scene where a South African was in a bar and he's, like, talking to somebody else You're about right. all these Apex legends. And then it goes into, like, uh, Wraith and all that. And they have, like, they're shooting each other. But does is that something that ties in? Is that is that the guy that throws the Apex card at you? What is Apex and how does it tie into That's Titanfall? interesting. I, I didn't think that that could have been an older version of Kuban Blisk. I bet it is. Um, are there any other moments that stood out for you guys? I've got a bunch if you if you guys yeah. are, are drawing a blank. I have one that is – so I mentioned earlier the bond between you and BT was a cool thing. And he's pretty much a robot. And you talk to him all the time. He kind of blinks as well. And near the end of the mission or whatever, when he realized he's sacrificing his life because he's being like held prisoner, I guess, he's like, yo – cooper like trust me just take my like core or whatever so what you do is you remove his like head unit which kind of sounds gruesome but it just kind of comes apart it and, felt gruesome yeah because he was dying it was your best friend the whole game and this is the end and all you have is just his head it's very like weird his robot head <laughs> but what you and realize just before that yeah. let me just say just before that he actively like uh disobeys a human commander that says i'm gonna get you a, a real pilot bt and BT is like, no, no, I want Cooper. Cooper and I are like extremely effective together. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, even the robot wants to be with me. Like, yeah, we got a friends. bond Yeah, here. literally, we're it's best friends. It's not just one-sided. And you finally, they make you believe that this is the end of his route. He's he's dead. And he's telling you to take his head. And what you realize is when you open his head, it's kind of like almost like a lunchbox. On one side, there is a pistol. And I think on the other side... <laughs> There is a like some kind of like module as well, and his core is right in the center, which is his main AI like self. Like I guess essentially, it's the hard drive with all of his data. And mom um, even leaves you some candy if you look deep enough in the box. <laughs> Literally, so it was really so you realize, holy crap! Like I got this crazy weapon, and you start like unloading in this battle arena place, like trying to like survive and make it to the exit because you have a I guess an escort waiting for you to take you out of the battlefield or whatever. So running through, shooting, shooting, shooting. Obviously, I'm assuming that's one of you guys' favorite spot. That was the one that kind of sticks with me until you finally bring him back to life. When a new Titan falls, you enter his core in, and BT is like, I'm back, motherfucker. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Yeah, that that uh, right there is when you when you find out that BT is not actually dead and he can be just put into another robot. It's just like, oh, that's great. And then they tear your heart out again by – is it BT is – a jumping into the core and he just takes yeah. you out and throws you and he blows up and you're like what we just saved you right man. well he does say <laughs> trust again you. he does say trust me cooper yeah he does but he up does. until that you know we find out later when the helmet starts flashing that we're you know we're given the hint that bt's still alive and he's downloaded into the helmet but up until that point i th- i was thinking when he said trust me cooper um, he meant like I'm just I'm gonna save you because that's one of my priorities. Yeah, trust me that you're gonna be alive yeah. still. Yeah, um, that that was a great moment. I, I also found the moment uh, when you first sync up with BT uh, and first get into the Titan to be just an amazing feeling because you're using the stealth for the first time. You you've you see the the sheer power of uh, the Titan. Um, and I think it's also a good moment because it shows you that unlike in other games where you have a companion, they're not entirely useless and they don't need to be babysat. You know, they have that great balance of being effective, but not too effective that they do all the work for you. I think they also I'm like sworn to carry your burdens. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they tease you a lot too. Cause you know, the game is tight called Titanfall. You know, there's Titans and in the first, like I want to say 10, 15 minutes, you're just a regular person shooting, finding battery packs for your Titan. And eventually when you finally power him up, it's like, come on, come on, come on. And then you jump <laughs> into him and you're like, Oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted. It's the coolest thing ever. But that initial tease that, you know, you can't use the Titan yet. Can't use the Titan yet. And then eventually they give you the hammer. It's awesome. 
Definitely a great yeah. moment. Do you guys remember the part with the uh, cranes where you have to like move them around so that you can like wall run correctly? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. But it was like just enough of like I mean there was the one crane where you had to actually like move it back after you moved it yeah, to a certain point and you're like yeah. you're like, Oh, okay, this is kinda tricky. Yeah, I was kind of nervous that they weren't going to lock them. So the first couple, when you just keep moving them left or right until it stops and they're in the right spot. And then as soon as we got to the one where, you know, you have to put it in a spot that works for you, I was like, oh, man, now I have to think. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but, yeah, it was really cool setting them up. autopilot. Yeah, you, just, you can't just click left until it locks in. You have to actually make sure it makes sense in the world. Yeah, no, it was, yeah. that was a good spot because I, I like being able to just parkour and just run, run, run. Uh, that's, at that point, you kind of get really proficient with the wall running, and it becomes second nature to kind of get to wherever you need to. You're not falling that often and things like that. It was sweet. How cool would it be if Cooper was a legend? He could wall run whenever he wanted. That was his passive. He can go invisible. I don't know what his alt would be, but I think I think that might be coming to Apex. Uh, I love that playing this game has got me thinking of all the ways that apex can be better um because i enjoy playing apex but uh more more legends more characters more abilities seems like a really fun way to add more variation to the game yeah 100 percent. i feel like it's definitely going to come from titanfall like there's just so much content there they can add in it's i'm excited excited for video games and, you know, it, it sounds like you guys hopped a bit into the multiplayer, but I didn't for Titanfall 2. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do for story storyline for Titanfall 3. And now that I've been playing some Apex, um, you know, what they plan to do with the accompanying multiplayer. You know, because I assume that, you know, they, they've got a winning formula for, for Apex. They've got uh, a winning formula for a campaign for Titanfall 2. Um it seems like a no-brainer to do Titanfall 3 at some point. 100%. I'm excited. I, if they ever release it, it'd be something I'm definitely interested in. It was in. I was interested in it because we played it on the podcast. And I play Apex as well, so Titanfall 3, <laughs> Titanfall 3 will be in my checkout. Yeah. Um, me and my buddies are kind of BR'd out at this point. Um, I, I think we're. I think all of us, or I think as a gaming whatever, we're starting to get to that point. And I mm-hmm. think Titanfall 3... A lot of potential there. I, I just think the mechanics of like, actually, it's not just going to be these like you versus you, but there's these giant robots that kind of factor into the gameplay. These guys know, I mean, the campaign, not so much, but these guys know how to really create interesting mechanics for people to play with. And so Respawn, you have my money. So shut the hell up. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. Yeah, like, I will definitely play Titanfall 3 when it comes out, if it comes out. I'm assuming it will. Uh, and I think they're going to have a lot more opportunity for the multiplayer because they already have a BR out there. and They're not going to focus on it like other games have tried. And they're just going to make a, a new kind of Titanfall multiplayer. It'll be yeah. pretty sweet. So, boys, I think I think there was, uh, I think we've talked a lot about Titanfall 2, and I'm, I'm sure we could probably say a whole lot more, but... For the sake of our listeners here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a pin on it. Um, do you have any closing thoughts, anything that you want to summarize your takeaways um, you know, with Titanfall 2? I think I'll add the one thing. So we did spoil a lot of it. So if anyone didn't listen, I, I, I want to say we didn't really spoil the bond that you get with BT that much. That's something you get as you play with it. There's a lot of interaction. Like he'll talk to you and you decide how you want to reply to him. You'll be snarky back to him. We didn't really dive into that. So if you do want to play it, I say it's so inexpensive to dive in, give it a shot. If you like Apex, you'll like this game even more. I definitely think it was worth the play and I would play it again if... I would play it if I listened to the podcast and I was advised to play it. So that's that's my takeaway. I liked it. I was good recommendation, and I think anyone else listening to this should give it a shot as well. Cool. Yeah, I I would also recommend it. Um, I guess just reiterating that I didn't really follow the story, but I didn't need to. <laughs> I didn't need to. It was a lot of fun playing it, just shooting other titans down, shooting other people. Fun. Yeah, punching people off of ships. It was <laughs> it was a it was a blast. Yeah, definitely a roller coaster ride, and, and definitely glad that I took the time to go through it. It's one of those campaigns that's just long enough. It doesn't overstay its welcome, and, and is uh, you know the right length because it leaves you wanting a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right, spot on, and super Spot's- low barrier to entry. It's like 
what do you I'm assuming we all have Games Pass or yeah. most of us until it and comes EA to PC. Access. Yeah, and then EA Access to do it for like a month unless you really like sports games. What are you spending like an extra 5 bucks to play yeah, a game? That's I think, pretty I think good deal. EA Access is 30 bucks a year. So yeah, it's it's definitely cheap super for cheap, the year. so uh, go yeah. go get EA Access. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. So, all right, guys. So that was our our talk on Titanfall 2. Um, if you want to find us on the internet, Bobby, where can the people find you? And where can they hear more from Mr. Bobby Baird himself, the part-time gamer? Well, I am actually starting up a podcast that you guys should listen to. Uh, it's going to be at ptgcast.com. Um, and I will give Mike a link here so you guys can listen to it. But it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's about like uh, working in video games and that whole thing. And you know, we got some cool people on the show. And hopefully Mike will join us at some point. Oh, absolutely. I, I listened to the first episode and I thought it was fantastic. And I think it, I think one of the, the fun things that you're doing, Bobby, is highlighting the people in the games industry that, that actually play games. And, and it's kind of surprising that that's not always the case, but it, it's great that you're doing that and you're telling the stories behind it. You'd be so. surprised. I try to, I strive for the balance of you play games or you actually play games, but you still care about like making something. You know, you're not consumed about just playing games, so. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to have productive hours in there as well. Oh, yeah. Kev, where can the people find you at? Uh, You can find me uh, pretty much nowhere except for Xbox, a tribe called Kev. And (laughs) I've noticed that you have a bigger Twitter following than Instagram following. So Instagram.com slash Left Behind Game Club can uh, post a comment or a a like there, and I'll see it. We're we're gonna post a a pic of Kevin, so everyone everyone can know what oh, he looks like. Oh no! <laughs> I'll throw it <laughs> Thanks a like. Thanks for the plug, Kev. Yeah, and uh, Mo, where can the people find you at? You can find me at emmertotty or on emmertotty on most social media platform, and you can find the podcast like uh, Kevin mentioned on Twitter as well as Instagram. And most importantly, if you jump on our website, we do have a link directly to our Discord channel. So you can jump in and jump into the discussion about Titanfall 2, Apex, any other game. We throw in a lot of stuff about the news and kind of chat about games in general, what's going on, any um, headlines that are popping up. And Michael, where can the fine folks find you? People can find me on most social platforms at Ruffalo M or MichaelRuffalo.com. And uh, you can also find me in the Discord server. I know we've had a couple of people hop in in anticipation for this episode, excited to talk Titanfall 2. I'm excited to talk more about it with them now. So if you have thoughts and you want to share them with us or the people in the community, feel free to hop into the Discord. We're we're really welcoming and excited to talk about it. Uh, And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. Mm -hmm.